Everybody, this is Scaring is Sharing. It's the place where we share our scares with each other and you. It's, it's your host, the original Sasquatch Slim himself, Jeremy Rusk. And the flame and scream queen, Brandy Joe Blambeck. What's up? You should know the drill by now, I hope. This is episode 21, I think. Yes, our episode could drink. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I can't believe we're still... Uh, Going strong. It just seems to be breezing by. That's right. You know, it's it's exciting. Still having fun. I've now watched 20 movies that I had not seen, you know, this past summer, all because of you. How does that feel? You're responsible for a chunk of my movie watching experiences within mm-hmm. the last few months. I said that's pretty nuts to think back on that, too. It's 20. Technically, I think 21 because we had two movies neither of us had seen in the last episode. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit wonky number, but it's actually been 21 flicks we haven't seen. That's that's awesome. And, you know, I just have to say it again. I had a gay old time with Nick Kostriba. What a sweet, lovely boy. I imagine him so much different in my head. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because like you're like a little edgelord and stuff. Like I imagined him to be like somber and I don't know, not like this sweet, like loving little guy. Like I just was, I was very caught off guard with, with how he actually is. Well, I think, <laughs> uh, I, I think growing up, definitely we, we were a little like, metal head like like wannabe like (laughs) dark and tortured guys but we've grown up and we've just become jolly jolly men yeah but he's (laughs) he's really great and i think you know at some point we'll need to like even though we got our little bit of our branding like we'll have to have him you know revamp our our score for for something we'll have to like put in some new music in the middle I'm of sure. our episode or something. I think so. Some new Very tunes. Very If we have some new segments or something. Yep. You know, we're always thinking, guys. So just, if you're ever getting bored of our format, just know we're we're in the lab. We're working on some ideas here or there, spitballing. So. so right off the bat, I want to say we got two new five-star reviews. And I just want to say oh, thank you to whomever that was out there. And we Very got one cool. little review from mm-hmm. Schmess C. And the headline of it is, Fun Stuff, Even for a Novice. And the review reads, Brandy and Jeremy have a great energy together and really know their stuff. They make it a fun listen even for a horror movie novice. Cool. So thank you, Schmess. Hopefully you'll be not a novice soon (laughs) enough. I hope hope you decide to watch some of these movies. And I know my friend Gretchen also listens still, and she's um, not, you know, she doesn't watch horror movies on the reg, so... She watches or listens to support. And I think, you know, that's lovely. I appreciate that. So thank you, Gretchen, if you're out there listening. Absolutely. So, and if you want to write us, you know, a review or rate us, even if it's a one-star rating, I mean, if you hate us, please, I mean, we don't care. We're we're down to hear the, the news. Be honest with us. Mm-hmm. You can rate us, subscribe to us on, you know, 
iTunes podcasts or wherever you listen. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, we're everywhere. We're, we're coming <laughs> to get you, Barbara. <laughs> and write us at scaringasharing at gmail.com. The end. The end. So before we started the episode, we were talking about like some interesting like ideas for horror movies books whatever and you were talking about like a horror like outhouse or like a horror like porta potty which uh-huh. immediately made me think of even though i've never seen it sleepaway camp 2 because mm. on the back of the vhs there's like a girl in like an outhouse like she's down in like the hole like the toilet part and angela's like trying to push her down with like a stick yeah <laughs> I've never seen it, but that's what I think of. Yeah, I've never seen that one either. There's also a scene in, uh, did you ever see Dead Snow? No. Do you know of it? That's that Norwegian flick with the Nazi zombies. I know of it. There's a a scene in that one where somebody is using the outhouse and there's a zombie, I guess, in there that pulls them down into the... Porta John. So, and like speaking of just like weird places for horror stories, I'm a big fan of Grady Hendrix's My Best Friend's Exorcism. I highly recommend it. It's a book, it's supposed oh, to be I've turned into a movie. The cover of it is amazing. It looks like an old VHS horror movie, like yeah. just the, the artwork, and it looks like that's what it is. Weirdly, I feel like I heard a review of that on NPR. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But he has another book that I've not read called Horror Store, which is like about like a haunted like Ikea. Hmm. So I'm intrigued by that. Sounds like a perfect place for a horror story. He has a new book called Final Girl Support Group that looks like a lot of fun. And it has like hmm. a like a metal folding chair on the cover that's like dripping blood. Oh. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Nico, sent me. He's like, this looks like a book you'd love. So I'm, I'm going to have to read it. It sounds very exciting. Read it. Report back. I know I got all of the books that Nico suggested to us, but I have yet to read them because I'm sort of nuts deep in a project right now with the theater. Mm-hmm. So that's a weird phrase. I don't normally say that, but I just said it. <laughs> I'm nuts deep. No take backs. <laughs> maybe we uh, maybe we do something like a book club at some point where both of us have to read a, the same book. We should yeah. talk about it. We could yeah. do that. That's an idea. So, do you know, Paramount Plus just launched a streaming service. Like, everyone mm-hmm. has a streaming service. And yeah. they had some news out. It's a little bit old, but um, they announced that they're going to have the new Paranormal Activity movie specifically on there. And they're oh. also, I guess, working on a Pet Cemetery origin story. Oh, yeah. I heard there's going to be yet another Pet Cemetery. I was like, again? Already? Well, the last one sucked. So, but <laughs> God, it was it's so like, bad. They're doing another one already. Okay. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Firestarter, they're remaking that as well with, I guess, Zach Efron as the dad. Oh. Zach Efron can play dads now? That uh, makes he me sure feel, can. Makes I'm going to call ancient. him Daddy. He's so sexy. Yeah. Wow. He's um, already... And he's a good little actor, too. Yeah, he's he's got some chops. The original Firestarter's not great. I read the book maybe a year or two ago and I tried to watch the movie because I don't think I'd ever seen all of it and it is boring as fuck. Like Drew Barrymore is great but it's not good. I remember the movie from my youth being one of those like played on cable constantly so it was like a background noise movie all the time like if I was watching TV like in the middle of the day like you know summer vacation or whatever it's Mm -hmm. like one of those movies that was on so it would just be on in the background I'm like this is 
I don't know what's happening and I don't care. <laughs> I just remember her like, you know, when I think about my youth, I think she like made like a, a glass of water, like boil and stuff like that. We hosted Strange Cinema Saturday. And when I say we, I mean you, because <laughs> it was really, I mean, all you. I just happened to be there. But it was a lot of fun. We watched Big Meat Eater eat. Big Meat Eater. <laughs> Big Meat Eater. It's hard to say. It is. And we also watched Robot Monster. Wait, Robot what's it Monster. Robot yep, Monster. Robot. Why did they, within it, they called him, what Roman. was the name? Roman. Roman. They should have called him Roman, like Robot Monster. Yeah. Everything I, I remember, like Robot Monster was a movie where they, they had a title. And they're just like, it's got to be called this. We don't even know what like the monster's going to be. And here's loosely a plot. And then the monster was just like made up on the fly with whatever costume pieces they had. Hence, he's a gorilla with a space helmet on. Yes, which was quite amazing. They were yeah. both very fun. It was a super fun night. Like Strange Cinema Saturday is a blast. Thank you again, Mike McGettigan. Yes, thank for you, Mike McGettigan. And letting us come on, maybe everyone who was again. there. Yeah, it was super fun. And I just highly recommend it. Like if you are bored on a Saturday night, like we often all are most likely hop on in there. I think I've been calling it on Planet Ants channel, but I think it's more Planet Ants server is the proper yeah. Discord name. Discord server. Yep. But you can find it on our link tree and our Facebook page. Um, we don't have a Facebook On Planet Ants yeah. Facebook page, though. You can find it there. And yep. like afterward, we watched two movies and then we played some Jackbox, which is just super fun. So, I mean, it's just a great way to hang out for the night. So, And uh, I've been singing the songs from Big Meat Eater in my head all morning again. <laughs> for those that don't know, it is a science fiction horror musical comedy from Canada. Uh, yeah. In the early 80s. It's insane. Uh, criminally underseen. It should be like a huge cult movie. Yeah, Mike um, talked about how he had to go through great lengths to find it. Yes. And he usually can find anything, but he appreciates a challenge and he he, he, he found it. it. He did it. I vow that when we can do it in person again, I'm going to spearhead like a showing somewhere. Hopefully <laughs> Planet Ant, maybe we can make it happen when we can have people in person again. Should have a screening of Big Meat Eater. Sure, it'd be fun. Yeah, that is a, a trip of a movie. So. So please Mike, check it out. If you, if you ever want to pop on here, you know, re we'll return the favor. If you're listening, Mr. McGettigan, jump on. Uh, let us know if there's something you'd like to do and pop on here as a guest where we'll, we want to return the favor. So also, did you hear Spike Lee's producing a Netflix movie called The Realm of Cthulhu? Yes. I'm intrigued. And it's it's uh, his name is escaping me, but he was in uh, Lovecraft Country is attached mm. to be in that as well. So need to watch it from Lovecraft Country. He's supposed to jump in and be in this, too. So can't get away from the Lovecraft mythos. But you know what? Awesome. Go for it. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. There's also a Serbian film is getting a little action figure. <laughs> <laughs> and he has like in his jeans you can see like his giant dong because <laughs> if you've not seen the movie at one point you do see it i mean it is fake and it um does a very interesting um thing within the film one day i'll give it to jeremy one day one day one day i'll see it the i know thing. you're just like holding your breath you can't wait I know I'm waiting every every episode. I'm like, is this the one? <laughs> is this it? Is this it? Yep. Did you watch anything? No, I started to watch The Stylist last night because I, I was still sort of awake after the double feature. 
at Strange Cinema Saturday and Jackbox. So I started to watch The Stylist, which is a full-length version of um, – it was a popular short, like, uh, last year or the year before. And good old Bria Grant is in it, who directed mm-hmm. – 12 hour shift and she was in after midnight, but I oh, just, yeah. I, I made it so far. And then I was like, mm, tired. So, mm-hmm. so I went to bed and that's like all I watched aside from our movies. Did you watch yeah. anything? I, I guess not specifically horror necessarily, but related and probably of, of interest to some of our fans, our listeners, our fans, listen to me. I don't know if they're fans, <laughs> but they might be listening. I uh, revisited the second season of the Netflix revival of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm. Uh, and the second season was called The Gauntlet, which was six episodes, six movies long that were meant to be binged. Okay. So I revisited that and there's some, you know, they do Mac and me. Uh, I'm sure people know that. E.T. ripoff. That's terrible. That one's oh, in yeah. that season. There's... Is it in the 80s or is it from the 90s? 80s. Still okay. in the 80s. It's just a few years after E.T. Like they do that one in there. Um, th- there's this, I guess, horror thriller. It's called Killer Fish. Mm. Uh, and it's got Lee Majors and Margot Hemingway in it. And it's these jewel. It, the plot is really hard to follow what's going on. They're like international jewel thieves and they steal this cachet of jewels. But the one guy hides it in this pond. They're in South America somewhere and he hides it in this lake that's full of piranhas. So everyone that tries to go get it gets eaten by piranhas. Then they get trapped in the water with the piranha. It's so bad and so weird. But yeah, no, it's it that it's a pretty good season. There's one called Lords of the Deep, which is like this really bad ripoff of the abyss with like these alien monsters underwater. That's just, again, so bad, so cheaply made. But it's a particularly good season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So if you're a fan, visit that on Netflix, rewatch those. I had fun doing that. And I started watching, I had the same thing as you. I started to watch a movie, I haven't finished it yet, called Tammy and the T-Rex. Oh yeah, is any good? Utterly bizarre. Definitely a strange cinema Saturday type of movie. It's like got to be one of her first movies. Denise Richards and Paul Walker are oh, R.I.P. Yep, yeah, R.I.P. Boyfriend girlfriend did it, but Paul Walker gets killed after tussling with the bad dudes that like don't like him for going out with Denise Richards, and he dies, and they take his brain. This mad scientist gets a hold of him, takes his brain and puts it in an animatronic T-Rex and then chaos ensues. Weird. It's so weird. <laughs> like, but I guess the thing was when the movie originally came out, it was supposed to be a violent, they call it the gore cut. That's what's out there now that Vinegar Syndrome video, you know, label saved that cut of the movie because I guess, oh, and coincidentally, it's directed by the guy that directed Mac and me. So there you go. Uh, But yeah, when it first came out, they cut it to be a PG-13 like comedy and it just kind of disappeared into obscurity. And then people were like, remember that weird movie? Those that had seen it. And uh, I guess there was a gore cut. It was supposed to be like a gory, some horror action in there. And that's what Vinegar Syndrome found and restored. And that's on Shudder now. So, okay, I'm like, I've seen this somewhere recently. I didn't realize it was an older film. Yeah, it's early 90s, I guess. Hmm. I think maybe the 80s still. I'm not sure, but probably the 90s. And the Mystery Science Theater 3000s that you're talking about, are they mm-hmm. just like the full movie? They they still chop them up like they used to on uh, TV. Because oh, okay. they still make every episode fit into an hour and a half. 
and it still has the, you know, the host sketches and segments in between. So there are chunks of the movies that are cut out. Um, okay. But I do know they take care to usually cut out like boring stuff or <laughs> scenes that are They're doing you a favor. They're doing you a favor. They're usually cutting out stuff that drags or is not necessary to the plot. So how many seasons of that were there on oh, Comedy God. Central? Like, did it go on for years and yeah. years? It did. I want to say 10. I think it was on okay. 10 years originally uh, between it started on Comedy Central. When I discovered it as a kid uh, in the late 90s, that was it had moved to Sci-Fi Channel because it did like five seasons or so, I think, on Comedy Central and then like another five on Sci-Fi Channel. And then Netflix revived it for two more seasons. So that's like 12 altogether, I think. I mean, I have to admit, I know what it is, but I've never watched a single one. Oh, man, there's some good stuff. And it seems like it would be something that I would be into. Oh, sure. Sure. There are 11 seasons. Oh, 11 seasons. Okay. I was very close. I was off by one. Yeah, it looks like so much fun. I got and you said that they're on Netflix now, some of them. Yeah, Netflix did a uh, after it had been gone for a long time and, you know, it the fan base just stayed as rabid as it ever was for more just watching the old episodes. Netflix uh, partnered with Joel Hodgson, who is the creator of the show, and they brought it back for two seasons on Netflix. And okay. those are very they're very good. They're hilarious. The classic episodes, some of them are floating around on various streaming services. That's the funny thing with that show is like the old ones, because they had to buy the, the rights to every individual movie, you're never going to find like a full season straight all the way through because every individual episode has individual, you know, broadcast rights they have to deal with. So, okay. Um, but you can find a lot of them. People upload them on YouTube. They're all over the place. Amazon okay. Prime's got some Pluto TV, I think, has a channel that just streams it constantly classic episodes so yeah there's some good ones out there i know last night i think you mentioned robot monster that there's one for that right yeah robot monster season or something yeah robot monster was in like the very first season some of those are a little rough i think if you go back to the very beginning you're like it's not as funny as it would become later like as they honed their uh their craft but i'm sure at some somewhere uh, uh online you could probably find a i might poke around see what i can find for you there's probably like the best episodes like lists and then you can watch, seek some of those out. There's some good ones. Cool. And there's mm-hmm. a movie as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they made the movie, which is weird because every episode technically was a movie, really. But they did a slightly bigger budget one. I think HBO produced it. And it was okay. yeah, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, which is also very good. So Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's share our movies, shall we? Yeah. Actually, I will say this. The movie I'm going to give you today, I watched this morning. Oh, so wow. I got ahead. Of, I got ahead of the game. So, well, I'm shockingly giving you something very contemporary. Oh, my. I know. But I feel like like we've had some heavy weeks. So I'm going a little lighter, a little lighter oh. fare. OK, so I'm going to give you from 2020 Extraordinary. Hmm. Never even heard of it. Yes, you have, because I've talked about it. Have you? <laughs> yeah, but I just mentioned that I saw it and talked about it a little bit. But Oh, I don't recall it. Oh, I Crap. know. You weren't listening. I get it. No. I wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for my turn to talk. No. Uh, yeah, I don't even recall what was said or what this was about. Okay. You said it's lighter, though, so I bet it's maybe it's like a comedy. 
of some okay. kind. Or, or Verge is more into comedic fare. Extraordinary. It's going to be about somebody that's above average. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> they're extraordinary. In some regard, they're above average. I think it's going to be about somebody. They're extraordinary. They get superpowers, but it's a horror movie. So they are going to use those powers to kill people and run amok. <laughs> that's what I think it's about. So run amok. And I'm probably way off, but that's that's it. OK, I think that's what's going to happen. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> Love it when hilarity ensues. And uh, I guess for you, funny enough, I'm going with the 80s. I bet that shocks everybody. <laughs> Shocked. Shocked. Uh, and I am giving you a movie that, per our conversation last episode, because it came up a couple of times, I'm giving you Videodrome. Ooh, fun. Uh, so mm -hmm. excited to finally watch it. So I know James Woods is in it. And I know that they're, you know, I've seen pictures of either people coming through the TV or going into the TV. I feel like, I mean, you said it's from the 80s. So I think like during the VHS boom of life. So I feel like there's probably some commentary in regards to movie watching or being obsessed with TV and videos. And some, I think that there's probably like some, uh, you know, underground organizations, some sort of conspiracy and James Woods gets like sort of in on it. I keep in my mind thinking of Halloween three. <laughs> I don't think there's witches, but I think it's like someone like gets sort of turned on to a conspiracy and maybe gets a little do too deep into it. Um, into trying to to solve or figure it out. Maybe he's um, an investigator, like an, uh, an a journalist of some nature. But I think it's like how we were sort of talking about like snuff films and those movies where someone sort of finds out about something and gets a little too deep into it, a la eight millimeter. I think that there's a similar vibe here. He gets too too deep into it. I think there's too some close. sexual nature as well. I feel like there's sexual and it's cronenberg so it's got to be uh, weird so it's cronenberg so yeah sex and violence is like sex his and violence bread, yeah his bread and butter dead ringers is cronenberg right yeah yes yeah i think they're remaking that but with female doctors as opposed to male doctors like jeremy irons so heard huh would they flip the whole thing because like no because in dead ringers uh jeremy irons played twin gynecologists yeah and that kind of sexual tension played mm -hmm. into the plot there so would they flip it to like female urologists or something like is that what they would <laughs> I <don't> do know. <laughs> yeah I, all i remember about the original is that there's like weird tools like creepy yeah tools and you're like like oh, medieval God. like medical yeah. instruments yes don't put those uh, in heart <laughs> dead ringers is yet another one that's from a hazier period in my viewing life where like i watched it and don't remember it very clearly but i know there was some fucked up stuff in there so well, I have more questions about Cronenberg and Videodrome, but I think I'll wait till part part two to bring them up with you. <laughs> the second half. Yeah, we can talk all about crony. Well, cool. Well, I'm excited to check it out. So that's what I think happens. And, you know, per my use, I think that it ends up not well, not well. Evil bitch. prevails. <laughs> Evil prevails. Your, <laughs> your, right. your tagline, your, your catchphrase. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so cool. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Awesome. I'm well, excited. We'll see you back here in a little bit to talk about our shares. Cool. Let's do Take it. Get away, Nick the Knife. Don't 
should blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. We're back. Oh my God, there's a ghost behind you. Oh no! Where? <laughs> it, went, it went away as soon as you turned around. Oh, of course it did. It's in here somewhere. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> All right, let's get into our movies. An oldie and a newie. <laughs> that sounds weird. A newie. The oldie and the newie. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I like, I it. prefer an oldie and a nudie. I like a Ooh. nudie better. Ooh. <laughs> But it could be a newie and a nudie. Unfortunately, there's no nudity could be in all Extraordinary. Of them. There is but not. the Letterboxd tagline is putting the normal in paranormal. And the description is a driving instructor must use her otherworldly gifts to save a lonely man's daughter from a rock star looking to use her for satanic purposes. The end. That's it. This movie was a blast. I had a lot of fun with this. Um, man, I don't even know where to start. I love the <laughs> I love the very beginning where it's the old video of her dad. And he's just like, most hauntings are so small, people don't even notice. But the list of things he's going through is like a pen moving. You're like, okay. And it's like children's balls bouncing by the, and it's like, no, you'd notice like most of these things. Like half and the it's things like he says are like, a gravel. are crazy. Yeah, a gravel moving, but then the next one is like, you know, screams out of a kitchen drawer. Like, you're like, okay, no, these are noticeable. But I was like, oh, it's going to be this kind of movie where it's really, uh, I don't know, there's something about that, like, I know it's Irish, not British, but it's a similar kind of that droll sense of humor through the whole thing. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, I love all of the, like, video footage within the movie, like all of those little tapes and and everything like that are just like, there's so much fun. It's great. And I grew up on like watching old in search of, you know, with Leonard Nimoy, like from the seventies and eighties of in mm. search of Bigfoot in search of psychic power, you know, and every episode was a different mini documentary. And that's exactly what those were like. I like, I love that stuff. Yeah, it has, I mean, it's not quite as silly, but it has a similar vibe to what we do in the shadows. Like, just, there's mm-hmm. like, you know, they'd be a good double feature as you like to, yeah. you know, pair movies. Yeah, yeah. What we do in the shadows, you know, there's a little bit of a Shaun of the Dead vibe, of course. Like, yeah. it's um, those really good horror comedies that do it well, where they blend, all the pieces blend together very naturally. And I really love movies uh, about, like, painfully ordinary people that, like the or like I should say horror movies about painfully ordinary people they get thrown into the <laughs> extraordinary situations. Ah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think I read an interview and they talked about how it was sort of inspired by they'd read about these like ghost hunters who had very normal day jobs. You know, like one was like mm-hmm. a tax attorney and the other one was, you know, a garbage collector or whatever. I can't remember what they both were, but just that that they led these two lives and one of their jobs was like, you know, mm-hmm. this very crazy sort of paranormal careers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and just uh, like every character was very charming. Like, uh, you know, I love movies where each character feels so well fleshed out and just like, I want to be friends with these people. Like this would totally, uh, you know, it's just such an inviting world they created in this movie. 
Yeah, and Maeve Higgins, who plays Rose, is just like the absolute best. I'm like, I want to watch all your movies and have you live in my life, please, because I oh love yes, her. she killed it. She was so good. It was just a such a naturalistic like character. You, you like you believed this this world, and I I do like this is another this is one of those movies too where everything feels bigger than what we've seen. Like it's created its own universe. I love when a movie does that because. It comes preloaded with, I mean, they kind of spoon feed it to you as you need it in the plot, but you know, everybody has histories and like everything has existed before you are seeing this moment. You're just catching a glimpse in time. So I love when a story really does feel like very real like that because it's like there's a whole universe that exists outside of this thing and you're just getting a taste of it and it feels very thought out. While watching it, it made me think of, I've been into Long Island Medium lately. Have you ever watched Long Island Medium? I I have. I have. My cousin used to be obsessed with it, so. I love it. And there, every episode's like, we got Discovery Plus to like binge Tallers and Tierras, especially the Where Are We Now? But then we're like, well, we got to watch all the old ones before we can watch the Where Are They Now? But then mm-hmm. like in my off time of Tallers and Tierras, I've been watching Long Island Medium. And they're 20 mm-hmm. minute long the episodes it's like you can just zip through them and like you know so quickly and i find her very charming and i find her son in particular very attractive and i just i buy it i buy it so much but it's interesting because like i don't i've never had any sort of personal paranormal experiences Mm -hmm. and i've had a few like i had a, a reading once a good i don't know 15, 17 years ago. And the woman, like I was with Joe at the time, living here in Michigan. And the woman was like reading my cards and she's like, don't worry that you haven't met a girl yet. Like you will. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like this is some bullshit. Oops. <laughs> and like, we have a friend who's a medium, but I've never had a personal reading with her. I just, it's it's weird because like, I, I want to believe in it all so much but I don't have any experiences to fully believe it. And I'm one of those people that until I experience it myself, I don't a hundred percent buy it, but this movie's just made me think about that. And I, have you had any sort of experiences paranormal? I, I've had a couple. And now that you say it too, I don't know how I didn't talk about this with Nick when he was on. Cause he was here for, he was there for this experience too. When I immediately think of, I tell everyone this one who knows what it was, but it was probably the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. We were in high school still. We we're so we were teenagers. I think I was a senior in high school. So this was last year. This was like last year. Oh, you're too <laughs> kind to me. Stop. This was far too long ago than I care to think about, but um, we used to do like ghost hunting stuff. Like you're thinking okay. we're gonna be little ghost hunters. And we liked to go to like Rotary Park, which was the like nature trail uh, where I grew up in Livonia. It's like the park with a nature trail in it. And it's probably like the only like wooded part of Livonia, you know, which is all suburbs left. But there's all these ghost stories about it that if you went in the, you know, the, the woods, the nature trail at night, like stuff happens back there. So we went, you know, after dark, like, because it was one of those parks that doesn't have a gate or anything. You're not supposed to be in there after dark, of course, but you know, you can still get in because they don't gate it. And so we went back there and we were going in. It was like a gang of like half a dozen of us or so guys that all hung out together. Nick, our composer, Nick Castrebo was there and we were going in to the nature trail and we hit like the first fork of it. And my one buddy, it was my buddy, Dennis, 
because you remember this, like in weird situations, people say like strange things. So it's like stuck in my head. He goes, that dude's riding a bike. And he points and there's this like, it's dark, you know, and we're just using, I don't even know if we had flashlights, maybe whatever cell phone. I want to say that, but it wasn't smartphones. You know, it was crappy little cell phones then. But this figure is coming towards us, like out of the woods, like running full speed. And it looks like this tall, you know, like person seemingly. And I know in that situation now that I will throw you out of my way to run (laughs) faster than you if you're in my way. So we split out of there like I was in the bed of Dennis's pickup truck kind of thing, like hauling ass out of there, like the Beverly Hillbillies or something, like people just hanging off the cars. Like, what was that? I don't know. Like, oh, dude, it was so scary. So wait, was he riding a bike or he just said that? No, it was, it it was this motion. It was this tall figure, like taller than us looked like, but the motion was like so smooth. It looked as if somebody was on a bike, but like, no, that was like a dude. It was like a dude running at us. That is frightening. That gives me the goosies. Yeah, it scared the shit out of us. Like, just imagine a black silhouette because we couldn't see any features or anything, but it was clearly like a person coming right at us, like out of the tree line. Uh, Like that was right in front of us. So we just went "Ah!" and all ran. And we did go back. (laughs) Mind you, (laughs) we went back later with like flashlights and stuff to stake it out like E.T. style or some shit. Like, it's going to come back. We're going to see it. But we don't know. We don't know what happened that night. It could have just been a weird person. Like people jog in the woods, that nature trail. Like it could have been night jogging. I don't know. But after that, we created our own legend. We went back to school and started telling everybody we were attacked by a monster in Rotary Park. (laughs) (laughs) Thus was born the story of the Rotary Rascal is what we called it. Oh my God. I love it. Yep. And it's sort of like... For a minute, like for a couple years at Stevenson High School, people talked about the Rotary Rascal. We started our own urban legend. That is awesome. I love it. Yep. So that's my, like, I guess it's paranormal. I don't know if it is. It just ties into the lore, though, because, like, those are supposed to be old trails that have been there since, like, Native American tribes have been in the area. So there's a lot of, like, local Livonia lore that that's, you know, haunted, really, like, super haunted back there. Okay. So, yeah. So we kind of buy into that, like we bought into that story of like, yeah, there's a spirit or something or a, or a monster. Something's back there. That's awesome. So that's it. That was that was super scary. Uh, I, and I've done like lots of other ghost hunting around uh, like uh, when I went to college at Grand Valley in the Grand Rapids area. But nothing is like real as actually seeing a figure. I find it interesting that the ghost ectoplasm in this just looks like jizz (laughs) yes like he's constantly just like spitting up a bunch of jizz out of his mouth into these jars and i every time the 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 vomiting like he that actor goes for it with the like really selling it too so i love when he's bonnie and that cigarette just like magically appears in his mouth like it's also simple but it's like so effective and funny and just i love it it also has like a you know it's not quite as crazy but definitely a ghostbusters vibe to it Oh, sure. And I love the Ghostbusters reference in there, too, where he's like, oh, like in Ghostbusters. Yeah. And the Exorcist, there's a, you know, she looks like Reagan, like in that nightgown and floating there. Yep. And then that when she shows up to the house and it's yep, like, like the poster. It's so oh, good. it's so good. Yeah. This movie was just very well made. Uh, Will Forte 
so as funny the, as the bad guy like that was perfect casting like i don't know yeah. how they came up with like let's go with will forte but like he was amazing and i love the God, big monster the at the end i i know it was like cgi oh, yeah. but it looks so cool like i love that it's just this giant like stereotypical ghost in a sheet like it's but it was very creepy oh I, yeah i loved it too like oh how are they gonna realize that like are we gonna see a demon and we did so that's awesome like i I like when a movie goes there like this, where they're going to be referencing demons so much and then like actually show us one. Cool. Yeah. You know, they went with Astroth for my little occult nerds out there. That's an actual like big demon, you know, palling around with Paymon. So, you know, it's a, it's a, there's some legit occult stuff there. So it was funny to do that, but then uh, really take the piss out of it. <laughs> but he just seemed like, like a, a jerk boss, really. Yeah, for sure. And I know it's all silly, but it's like it it like deals with these themes of like what are your talents and what stands in the way of you utilizing them, mm -hmm. which I appreciate. It's not like too heavy-handed, but it does like go there a little bit. Like I appreciate that it's it's silly, but it is also touching and it's sweet and I just love those sorts of mixtures of vibes. I, I'm a big fan of that, as we know, and I just I appreciate that in it. Yeah, it's definitely a feel good movie, and I like that. Uh, that that's always a that's a good vibe once in a while to get one of those. I also re really liked the I like when a movie takes the route of because um, they even say it in the movie ghosts are just people. So I I do like when a ghost movie takes that route, and instead of the the ghosts being like a source of horror, uh, they are just you know, part of the tapestry, like, oh, they're out there and they're just trying to communicate with us. You're like, you shouldn't be any more afraid of them uh, as you are any like one person because that's all they are. They're just people, uh, dead people, but people nonetheless. When I was reading this interview with like the whole, the whole crew, really, a lot of the cast and then the directors and writers and Maeve Higgins also is one of the writers, which is a lot of fun. But they were talking about like the movie that inspired them the most that they were watching at the time they were writing it was Raising Arizona. Because oh, they liked yeah. That it was sort of cartoonish and and like a little over the top. And that was sort of like one of their big influences, which I think uh, is fun. I can really see that, too, in the ending mm -hmm. uh, where it really turns into like <laughs> a really slow chase, but a chase nonetheless. Oh my God. I love that so much. Like there's all this music and then like it cuts to silence and you just see her like slowly floating <laughs> along and they're slowly following behind. It's just, there's so many moments like that, that just all of a sudden something happens and it just makes you laugh. Like there's a scream montage at the end where they're all screaming and then it shows one particular dead person whose mouth yes. just happens to be open. And it is so funny. It's just very clever. And it has a like a, a vintage vibe, even though it is in modern time, but it feels like a sort of like 70s film in lots of ways. Yeah, and they're watching everything on VHS, like the tapes. Yeah. It's all yeah. tapes. It, it's all this old technology. Yeah, this movie did make me laugh out loud, like legit many times. Um, it was just so, uh, the humor was just so well done. And I've also found online that there is a person who made, and I think like to tie in with the movie, it's not just some random person, but that you, there's like these mini games you can play online that are, are very much like Atari games, 
like that sort of oh, really wow. old style. And there's like four yeah. little mini games. So if you search extraordinary and mini games, I think cool. the website is like airdorf.itch.io. <laughs> it's something really bizarre, but like I found it through the Wikipedia page. They mention it and there's a little sighting for it. Oh, but cool. it's super cute and super fun. And I just like, I was like, that's really, that's very fun. I dig that. Mm-hmm. There's just so much fun in it. I really loved it. It was number five in my top 10 of 2020. And mm-hmm. um, watching it again did not lower my opinion of it at all. It just raised it. I, I loved it just as much the second time. Good. It didn't diminish. So how many out of five jars of jizzy ectoplasm would you give Ecto-chiz. it? Uh, I give it a four and a half. Ooh, I thought you were going to give it a four. I did too, but I like this okay. too much. It gets an extra half. All right. I gave it four when I watched it the first time, and I'm going to give it a four again. I, I, I really do like it. I appreciate that you gave it a four and a half, and you saying that made me want to give it a four and a half, but I'd already like put down that I give it a four. So Already a four. That's fine. But That's respectable. I'm glad you liked it. But yeah, I just had so much fun with this. This was like a real, real... <laughs> Sarah was watching me watch it, earlier and i just kept laughing she's like you really enjoyed this movie huh because i had it on my my laptop and i was sitting there i was like yes okay it's hilarious i know i really wanted joe to watch this it just our timing sometimes doesn't work out for us to be able to watch movies and you know Mm -hmm. but i'm like god i feel like you would enjoy this movie so much so one of these days i'll watch it with him again because it's the kind of movie you don't mind watching again so Mm -mm, absolutely I i will i will revisit this yeah well let's uh Go some other let's places. Sw- <laughs> yeah, let's switch gears severely. So the next movie is Videodrome. I almost forgot. I was like, what movie did I even give you? It feels <laughs> like my week My week has been so long and I watched this like before I even assigned it to you. That's so that true, I was you like, did, yeah. I forgot I watched it. Uh, okay, so Videodrome. The tagline on Letterboxd is, first it controls your mind, then it destroys your body. Uh, and the summary is, As the president of a trashy TV channel, Max Wren is desperate for new programming to attract viewers. When he happens upon Videodrome, a TV show dedicated to gratuitous torture and punishment, Max sees a potential hit and broadcasts the show on his channel. However, after his girlfriend auditions for the show and never returns, Max investigates the truth behind Videodrome and discovers that the graphic violence might not be as fake as he thought. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no shit i mean this really goes without saying this is one weird fucking movie like there's Isn't so much it, going though? on in it i watched it two days ago and like as a refresher i'm like let me read the wikipedia plot description because a lot goes on in it and even yes. reading the de- plot description i'm like what like it makes my head hurt because <laughs> it mm-hmm. is like it's some crazy shit. So some things I really, I mean, I really appreciate its weirdness. And it's like, I know you had talked about seeing it at the main art recently, mm-hmm. or, you know, and with the last, last year. couple of years recently, and ha- like watching people squirm. And I get that because like the slit in the stomach, like the vagina Oof. stomach, yeah, and, like sticking your hand in there and all that looked so good. Like it yeah. was, it looked like, it's like, wow, that's impressive how they did that. It, he sells that moment so well to uh, James Woods when he has his hand in his own stomach and you're like, yeah. oh, that just looks, he sells it so painfully. And then when he pulls it out and the gun is gone, 
that he's stuck uh-huh. in his stomach. It's like, and oh, you're fuck, like, fuck, that gun's inside of you. Yeah, there's a gun in you now. Don't worry, it comes back into play later, but. And like, watching him, I just don't find him like attractive at all. And I'm like, do people? Did people? Is he supposed to be attractive? Because I just find him weird looking. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean I, he's a good actor. I just wondered if people find him sexy because I just don't. I just don't. And I find a maybe. lot of people sexy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very yeah, open minded in my, my, what sexiness. I find attractive in my sexiness. Yeah. I'm not sure if, uh, I don't know, was he a heartthrob back then? I mean, I know they picked him just because of his personality. Because uh, mm-hmm. the producers on the movie like who would be better to play a sleazy TV producer than James Woods? Yeah, he does have a, like a like. little sleazy like salesman vibe to him. Yeah, and he nails it. Um, speaking of sexy, though, I will say that I used to have a huge thing for Debbie Harry. So She's uh, gor- this- I really she was my favorite thing about the movie. I really liked her. Yeah. And so every time I rewatch this movie, this is her at the height of her powers, too, where I'm just like, oh, my God. And did she do a lot of films? Was I it like a rarity know. that she did this? You know, like, I know she did a few movies because, of course, I just think about, like, how awesome Blondie was. What a great band. I guess they still exist, but they are a great band. But Blondie, fantastic band. She's a fantastic front person. Yeah. I don't know. Amazing. Yeah. She's I don't know if she only did quite, like... quite a bit. OK. Yeah. It looks like it was like one of her very first movies because she did lots of video, okay. like Blondie video shorts. But then it looks like it was one of her first like actual films. But then she's done a ton since then. Sure. 102 credits, it says she has on IMDb. Okay. But I really liked her. It's so interesting because we just watched Possession, which is, you know, another like WTF movie. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed possession so much more than i enjoyed videodrome mm-hmm. and i it's weird because i'm like why is that and i think it's just because like i don't get videodrome as much like possessions like ooh, it could be this and oh i could interpret it this way but videodrome i'm more like i like it hurts my head to try to make sense of it all mm-hmm. i feel like if i had like a lot of time to analyze it and a lot of time to research it maybe and then I go back and watch it it might be a little different sure but like just like the whole like make way for the new flesh and stuff like i'm like i what what does that even mean <laughs> like it's just like it's so like it just them like oh like it just, you nailed my first reaction ever seeing this movie because i i remember <laughs> discovering this in college like one of my buddies rented this on i i want to say kyle mr kyle walton if you're ever listening to this if you do hear this Remember those times doing the uh, the Netflix by mail and we watched all these fucked up horror movies. It was like me and him for some reason. We were both the like horror nerds in our friend group that were like, oh, there's this new thing. Netflix, you get discs in the mail. Like, let's start getting all these weird movies we've never seen. And Videodrome was one of them because we kept reading it on lists of like the craziest horror movies uh, mm-hmm. and like, well, I've seen The Fly. I've seen some other Cronenberg. Let's watch this one, too. And that's pretty much what I did the first time was just like, what was that? Like, I didn't understand any of it. Uh, and I've probably seen this movie like 10 times since, you know, and it, I, I feel like it, like you're saying, it gets better. I think the more you see it better, or I don't know if it makes any more sense, but I don't know, man. I feel like they were ahead of the curve too. Like the whole idea is that we humans are just going to get, we're going to become one with our technology, our entertainment. 
uh, and consumed by it. And it's like, oh, look at smartphones. Look at us zooming like right now. Yeah. Like it's it's happened. And this is like before the internet. And I feel like so much of like, like the crazy shit you can watch and like the dark web and like mm-hmm. it does feel ahead of its time in that regard. For sure. And like it still is so relevant today in regards to like its themes. Mm-hmm. It just, it does, it feels like someone like sort of blindfolded you but you can kind of see through the blindfold and then you go on some sort of ride that like shakes your brain so much that when you get off you're like kind of stumbling around and you're like whoa like i couldn't quite see what kind of ride i was on but i knew i was on a ride and now i'm like my head is spinning and i feel like i kind of want to throw up (laughs) sure (laughs) that's the sort of sensation after watching this movie yeah this movie also reminds me a little bit of um thematically it kind of reminds me of they live a little bit Whereas like Mm -hmm. they live is the more fun version of the idea. Whereas this is a more heady and crazy idea, which is that reality is not what it seems like the veil of reality is pulled back to reveal all kinds of fucked up shits going on actually that we don't even realize. So. And I can see, like I read that it was like sort of a box office failure. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. like it cost 5 million to make and it made like 2 million at the box office or something like that. And I can get that because it's just, so different that I'm sure audiences were like, what the fuck, you know, but I can also see why people still talk about it. I think it's often referred to as like his greatest movie. I'm sure that lots of his movies could probably debate, be debated Mm -hmm. whether it is or not, but like it definitely is one of his biggest ones in regards to Mm -hmm. the, the people talk about. And it, because it is still so relevant yeah and it's so unsettling like the thing that was most creepy for me was when like the videotapes would like breathe and stuff like that was so eerie like more so than like stomach vagina like seeing these inanimate objects like breathing and like moving really creeped me out yeah when he's in the um videodrome hallucination and it's the flesh tv that's like pulsating yes uh that's so weird that effect is so cool but so unsettling to see it like (gasps) breathing in and out and you're like oh it's a tv it's playing something on the screen but the tv itself is made of like flesh so weird yeah so okay so there's this like conspiracy that like videodrome this like torture and sex show when people watch it they like get brain tumors and they like mm-hmm. want to sort of take they want lots of like anyone who's really into this they want them to watch it and therefore they'll get like tumors and die yeah sort of but yeah. then this like other guy the 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 one guy's daughter like oblivion, is aware yeah. of this oblivion and yeah. she like sort of turns the tables when he comes to like assassinate her and twists it so that like he will take control and like take down Videodrome. Yeah. So in a nutshell. Yeah. The way I've put it together too, because again, this is like part parts of the plot just don't make sense or they're so convoluted. Like it takes so many times to like dissect this. I guess Videodrome, like Oblivion was one of the people that helped make Videodrome. Videodrome, like we were saying, it was supposed to humans and technology were going to become one. It was supposed to help us transcend like where we are right now uh, into some other stage of existence, but the government took it 
where the military industrial complex took it and they're trying to weaponize it to kill off people they don't want around anymore instead of what Oblivion wanted, which was like, we're going to transcend our human forms and be part of Videodrome. So I think that's like what the conflict was, the split. So like if you were to like break it down in layman terms, is it like the people who are obsessed with sex and violence should be killed off or like should be like not killed off? Because if I'm talking like like in like the actual if this, you know, if you looked at this, not in like the, the world that it's in, but like try to break it down to its themes, is it like sex and violence will be the end of us unless we take control? Yeah. Essentially, I think it's 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 a commentary on the whole uh, like censorship and media, like watching too much sex and violence is degrading our civilization uh, and we're just going to fall apart eventually because we've become too depraved uh, and we need to be pure and strong, like they're saying again. To So is the new know. flesh being pure and strong? Maybe it is. See, that's the thing is like, I don't quite understand what the new flesh is supposed to be like. Those ideas are what remain more vague. It's like, give yourself to the Videodrome instead and somehow we're going to transcend all this in a new age like religion type of thing but i don't quite get that angle fully yeah it's so weird because i guess you get the brain tumor and die. well so i had read that cronenberg originally i don't know if he actually filmed it or if they just wrote it but there was going to be like an epilogue ending after max shoots himself uh, at the end where he was going to wake up and he was going to be with Debbie Harry's character and they were going to be in, they were in Videodrome. And that's where the movie was going to end. Whereas now they're both in Videodrome together. Okay. But then uh, that what I was reading was Cronenberg had one of those, like he is a staunch atheist and he felt like that too much felt like him saying like, there's an afterlife or something, which he doesn't believe in. So he cut it. Which I always think is weird when directors are like that, where you're like, that's the hill you're going to die on? You got this fucking crazy science fiction fantasy movie, like, but that's too unrealistic, like, that they end up in video <laughs> drum together. The rest of this is, like, fine. Like, I don't, it's weird. But that, what I think, would have helped it make more sense, though, is that, like, we die and we become part of the video drum. If we would have watched this with piercing, they would have, like, extremely been like a good pairing because there was piercings in each of them. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They would have been. That's why last week, everything we watched last week was like, I got to give him a Cronenberg go for a weird Cronenberg now. Cause uh, that's what my brain is all juiced up for. And you know, I had an experience with this movie that I have very rarely anymore. And that's seeing a scene from Terror in the Isles that I didn't know what that scene was. Oh, and that's when okay. she is like smoking and she goes to like burn herself with it. That moment is in Terror in the Isles. And I feel like it's the only part of Videodrome that's in Terror in the Isles. And as mm. soon as it happened, I had that. Oh my God, I've seen, because I've seen Terror in the Isles a bazillion times. So you're like, but oh I, yeah. It's very rare. Like I know most of the clips from it and okay. most of them. That's the, when I watched her in the aisles was the first time I saw them like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th part two, tons of movies. That mm-hmm. was my first exposure to the scenes, but every once in a while I'll see a movie and be like, Oh my God, I didn't know where that was from. And now I do. And so that cool. was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And this, this is a movie too, where, like you can just debate because I've known people that have been like, this movie's terrible, but I think it's just because of how like heady and strange it is that either if you're into that sort of thing, you're going to enjoy the ride. And if you're not, you're going to have a really uncomfortable time <laughs> trying to figure this movie out. 
Yeah, I don't feel like it's like I'm not like, ugh, this pretentious piece of crap. I'm just like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. It's but I still found it enjoyable. Just not I didn't love it like I loved possession. Like it wasn't like I enjoyed it. I just I was somewhat fascinated by it, you Mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. Um, have you seen Map to the Stars, which is, I think, one of his like most recent movies? No, um, I was thinking about this too. Cronenberg's like filmography. Like, I think this movie is definitely one of my favorites of his, or at least a contender for sure. But I'm not because okay, if I had to pick like my favorite Cronenberg's, The Fly, of course, The Brood, love The Brood, probably this, uh, and of like later Cronenberg. Like, I'm a huge fan of Eastern Promises. With Naomi Watts and Vigo Mortensen and and what's uh, Vincent Vincent Casel or uh, Maria Bello, right? No, it's Naomi Watts. It's Naomi Watts, isn't it? It's the one about Russian gangsters what? in London, um, yeah. which is okay. like funny because his later like I you know Mister Cronenberg was like Mister Horror movies for a while, and then he had this like late career turn where he went into that like. Like Eastern Promises, even though it's ostensibly a gangster movie, like a crime movie it still has a lot of like body horror in the way that like the violence done to the human body that's in that movie is like okay this is cronenberg like you can see the how like over the top <laughs> it is with maria bello i was thinking of a history of violence which is another one of these oh i didn't the realize right that's cronenberg it. as well yeah that uh, yeah and a history of violence is very good too another that one's another gangster movie yeah he'd had this cycle yeah. of like gangster so flicks uh, that are very good um, and you're like, that guy, the guy that did Scanners, did these <laughs> movies? But uh, yeah, they're very good. But I think Eastern Promises is the last movie of his I watched. Okay. And I know he's done several more. So, and I heard mixed reviews of A Map to the Stars. Yeah. Um, I would watch it because I'm not real big into like gangster movies. I saw History of Violence, I did not love it, but mm-hmm. I have no interest in Eastern Promises. It's brutal. I'm not going to lie. It's like really uncomfortable, you know subject matter <laughs> throughout the movie but scanners so isn't one of your and, favorites oh and scanners is up there too oh, okay if i had to do a top five let's see it'd probably be the fly the brood scanners videodrome eastern promises is scanners it's from what i know of it it seems more straightforward and not as like what does this mean yes right scanners is yeah scanners is a much okay. more straightforward like science fiction horror movie whereas okay and, and again like all of his stuff from that time like into the 80s that he did it all treads on like the same kind of themes though like you keep seeing the same body horror there's usually some sort of like shady military or science something going on like Mm -hmm. behind the scenes where like a bigger a bigger agency is coming in and like behind everything uh and it's running amok uh so yeah he he, he's got certain things he liked doing in the 70s and 80s with his flicks okay yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And I also read that there's a porn parody called Video Bone from 1986. That's not like really like a big leap, though, because this movie's already got a bunch of sex in it. So you're kind of like, huh. yeah, yeah. My plot description was fairly accurate, except for I said evil prevails. Mm-hmm. I think that's debatable, but most likely I would say yeah. it does not prevail. I think he sort I of... Mean- takes it down yeah i guess so like i think videodrome continues to exist but like videodrome is whatever you make it i guess so it's not inherently evil or whatever maybe i don't know that's what i got (laughs) i think like between the two movies 
I don't find a lot of connections except that there's good people trying to take over the bad people, but that's most horror movies, I guess. <laughs> Old videotape technology plays a big <laughs> that's role true. in true. both of these movies. So okay. that's, that's okay. my connection. And my yep. plot description for Extraordinary, as vague as it was, I did pretty good because I said somebody with powers is going to kill gonna people be... and run amok. So yep. yeah, that's Will Forte. Yeah, there's a little bit of running amok. There's some hilarity ensuing. I was right. And you said hilarity ensues, and in the main interview I read with all of them, someone said, hilarity ensues, and I thought of you, and I was like, yep. oh, yep, there we go, Jeremy got it. <laughs> I got it, I got it. So we were we were both pretty right, I think, with our stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, when I first was looking at your sort of description of what you thought it would be, I was like, oh, he wasn't quite right, but I was looking at it like our main characters yeah. as opposed to like, that is definitely what's happening with Will Forte. He's trying to oh, sure. get these superpowers and, and everything like that. So, so out of five pulsating Betamax tapes, Ooh, uh, how many do you give Videodrome? I give it three. Okay. That's uh, what I thought you'd probably land on. I give it a four. Okay. Cause I will probably, this weirdly has turned into like one of those rewatch movies for me where I can keep revisiting it. And I still always find something like new to latch onto with each reviewing. Who did you go see this with at the main art? I went with a, a friend of my wife and I is from our uh, trivia team. Uh, Mike, okay. if you're listening, because you said you were going to check this show out. So I hope you did. Mike is another film nerd like me. Uh, big time movie nerd. So he had been going to like some of the midnight movies to catch these like, you know, quote unquote modern classics. And he was mm -hmm. like, oh, I know you love horror movies. What about Videodrome? And I was like, I will definitely go with you to see that in the theater because that's going to be an experience because it's a weird one. So what I really like about the main arts midnight movies is they usually have some like artists create like posters for each of them. Mm -hmm. And they're always there's some so really cool. cool. There's some really cool ones. Yeah. yeah, we saw this and then like, and then literally the last movie I saw before everything shut down a year ago uh, was another midnight movie. It was The City of Lost Children mm. uh, there, which is a, again with Mike, uh, which was a, it, that one's a French film, like science fiction fantasy. It's strange. It's got Ron Perlman in it though. It's, 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 it's a trip, man. It's another weird one, but it's pretty cool. Well, good times. I think that these were a couple of very interesting movies. You're always keeping me on my toes. And um, I am. I've got you know, some more weird ones, too, lined up. I'm sure you do. I wanted to get a little more. And I'm like, I'm going to start coming out of left field with some stuff, reviewing the <laughs> list. I was like, where, where's some of the weirder things I threw on this list? I'm going to throw some of those at you. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as always, we'd love to hear what you think of these movies. Tell us what we should watch. You know, rate us, review us, write us. Yeah, do follow those us things. On the Insta, scaring is sharing at Gmail. You know, you know how to reach us. So. Yeah, do you, do you have ghost stories? Do you have paranormal Ooh, yeah. experiences? I want to hear those. Yeah, we want to hear those fucking stories, please. Uh, have you seen a Bigfoot? That's what I really want to know. That's that's my truth. <laughs> that's the paranormal experience I want to have. If I could just see Bigfoot. Life would be complete. Life would be, I, I would be amazing. Except then I would be <laughs> telling people about it and nobody would believe me. So I'd be even crazier than I am now. <laughs> 
I'd believe you. I know you would. <laughs> and I would believe you when you have your ghost experience, because it'll happen. All right. I think we'll it will. We'll Keep see. an open mind. Also, I learned that even the weakest ghost can possess a block of cheese because of the because uh, <laughs> of the microorganisms that live in cheese. I was I was dying when he said that. Oh, I thought that so, was so funny. So funny. So amazing. Charming. Yes. Well, awesome. Well, I will see you next week. Yes, next week we we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep coming at you, people. It's That's just right. how it is. I get used to it. I hope you're all tuning in every week and you're like, oh, what movies are they going to cover this time? Maybe I should watch some of these movies. So do it yep. and tell us about your experiences with them. Amen. Amen. And we'll see you soon. Keep sharing the scares. That's right, because scaring is sharing. Uh, Till next time. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.